this is fucking shit. Hello, and welcome to episode 16 of the Unusual Suspects podcast. My name is Dan, and joined with me is my fabulous host, Andy. Hello. And also joined with us, the other fabulous host, Penny. Hi. So we had a bit of fun (laughs) with some filters. And this is our second attempt recording intro because Penny's... PC is lagging. Uh, PC, get out. I had to touch up my appearance with anime eyes to make me look pretty. Everything's all gone wrong, including the movie we'll be watching later called Birdemic, as I swiftly move on to that. I'm having a good time. You've ruined my week two weeks in a row. Me? You ruined everyone's week. No, wait, was it? I don't know what was last week. It's because I'm editing Animals United right now, so you've ruined my week twice. <laughs> Don't tell them how the sausage is made. Keep that to yourself. Last week was Parasite. Oh, no, Parasite was good. It's fine. Never mind. Yeah, one of Dan's. Uh, yeah, one it wasn't of the Dan's films. I probably did ruin your week, though, in Venice. So I would have done something to ruin it. No. Must try harder. You ruined mine first. Must try harder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that little clip at the start was... Um, Andy weirdly sending us a voicemail while watching said Birdemic, which he's the one who picks these films. And again, I'm questioning why he does pick these films when he gets angry at them himself. Makes no fucking sense half the time. So, are you waiting? Are you waiting for a response? Defendant, would you <laughs> like to comment? <laughs> um, why do you pick it? These films. I'll be honest. I pick them because I, I initially think they will just annoy the fuck out of both of you, but. The thing I don't think about is how it's going to make me feel. And that's the real issue. Because <laughs> I fucking hate them. Every single time I hate them and I have to persevere to get through them. The only thing that does it is thinking, they're probably having just as bad a time as I am. Yeah, thanks, mate. Plus, if anyone followed along. Like I said earlier, I could have spent that hour and a half watching Zombievers again and been much happier. Anyway, today we are going to do a little special podcast before we get into our exciting movie later. We're going to talk about our favorite movie soundtracks today. So all the best kind of music we can find Uh. in our films. A quote from Penny from a couple episodes ago. Music's not important in films, (laughs) to which I said, yes, it is. Did I say that? Hence why we were doing this episode. Did I say that? Was it Drive, I think you said that? Yeah, it was. Oh, nothing was important in Drive. Oh, please. Let's not forget, she is chief editor of a music website. (laughs) And music is not important to her. (laughs) That's not what I said. Apparently I said not important in movies, which is also not what I meant. I just meant it wasn't important in Drive. (laughs) Well, since music is not that important, but only... Just in Drive. Um, would you like to start off with your first soundtrack, Penny, that you have picked that you love? Well, it will be a complete and utter surprise to no one that none of mine are after, like, 1990. So, enjoy that. Shocked. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was... I don't know. When I was a teenager, I had my own music taste, but that was the only time I ever really collected. Back in my day. So old. I know, right? So fucking old. Kicking that bucket over there. I know. 
you don't know this, but we have to have three piss breaks just for Penny during the podcast. <laughs> it's so well edited, but she has to go for a piss all the time. Fuck you. It's usually like, what? Oh, no, sometimes it's two. I hate you. I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> I know what you were going to say. <laughs> anyway, what's what? Give, give us one. No. Fine. No. Right, fine. Andy, have you got one that you would like to uh, start off with? Hi. Well, this is exciting. I never get to do these. And it's actually informative, unlike when the boys do it. So, nah. Basically, due to copyright and music laws and stuff like that, we can't actually play you any of the songs that we talk about on the podcast today, which kind of sucks. So head over to our Spotify where we've made you a lovely little playlist that you can listen along to. Unless you're listening to this on Spotify right now, in which case you can't listen to both at once. So I don't know what to tell you, but we tried. As always, it's a shambles. I'm going to be a bit obvious here, but we will inevitably start with Scott Pilgrim. Oh, yes. And uh, why do you like it so much, I guess, since it's your favourite fucking film of all time, right? It does seem to crop up a lot. Sometimes I'm forced into talking about it. Sometimes it's a choice. All right. But uh, <laughs> it's got a genuinely good soundtrack. It's varied. It's got some original pieces that were written by Beck and recorded by the cast members. So Michael Serre is playing bass on it and oh god i was gonna say he's not singing is he uh he does backing vocals but i mean he is also in a band so have you seen the film <laughs> yeah he had to dumb down the playing of the bass because he was just allegedly too good a guitarist oh. <laughs> to play bass really i don't know okay yeah. this is also the movie that we found or found love or a common love for metric as well wasn't it me and you it was yeah yeah metric are uh, in it sort of Brie Larson does a cover of their song Black, Black Sheep, Sheep. Yep. and it is outstanding. Cool. What else do you want to know? I don't know. Is it your favourite film? Can you? Did you confirm this a while ago? I think we did peg you on it, but you said, I don't know if it's my favourite <laughs> film or not. thing is, it's difficult to have a favourite anything, isn't it? Like, you can't have a favourite band, can't have a favourite film, because it will change day to day. Like, today, it might be Scott Pilgrim. Tomorrow, it might be Birdemic. <laughs> Who knows? you are going to say <laughs> Who knows? Last week, it was Animals United. Speaking of great soundtracks. <laughs> so the soundtrack has like the likes of Frank Black, Black Lips, T-Rex, Rolling Stones, Blood Red Shoes, Broken Social Scene. And like across the board, it's varied and you've got original pieces as well, as I say, written by Beck. It's varied and it's got a real sort of gritty DIY feel to it that replicates the sort of film itself. Yeah, definitely. Pen, do you want to talk to us? <laughs> Scream 2! <laughs> what is my fave? Fucking, I knew that was coming. Scream. See, look, I can't. Oh, I, hate, we go. I hate you guys today. Here as predictable as I am with Scott Pilgrim, I knew it was going to be Scream. <laughs> fucking. I'm already pissed off at you guys for making me watch Birdemic. So let's Wasn't my fucking choice. It would have been if Andy didn't pick it. <laughs> I'm not the one who brought up how often you're pissing. <laughs> yeah, so I hate both of you today. <laughs> Scream 2 is my favourite soundtrack ever. I think it's the first one I ever bought. And while I was having a look at it, I didn't realise kind of how many different things it connected to. It's all early 2000s fucking prog rock and shit. Hang on a second. Didn't you say that none of your soundtracks were from after 1990? Yeah, I was thinking that now. Mm, no, I think I meant early 2000s. Uh, Scream came out. Oh, Scream came out in 1994. Oh, four. Okay. When was Scream 2? 92? 
I believe Scream 2 would have Scream 2 would not have come out before Scream 1 I'm afraid no sorry I meant Scream 1 like (laughs) yeah I meant the first one so I believe Scream 2 came out in the 90s 97 there you go when Sarah Michelle Gellar spoilers dies in Scream 2 an Everclear song called The Swing immediately kicks in and I immediately well when I got the soundtrack had to go out and find that band and they are a bit of my you ever have a band where you just like you really love one album and nothing else yeah. yes I have one of those Everclear are great Sugar Ray because 90s prog <laughs> Less Than Jake also do a wicked cover of I Think I Love You oh yeah that is great I have heard that it's fantastic yeah and it reminded me that in 2001, I went to see Lesson Jake in London and managed to buy an after show party ticket off of someone and got chatting to Lesson Jake, got my mum and dad into the show, different story, but asked them and they played it for me. And my little nerd heart was so happy because they were playing a song from my favourite movie. <laughs> it all got a bit high pitched there. Did you say they were playing a song from your favourite movie? Well, yeah, Scream 2 is one of my favourite movies. Fun fact, I once shared a hot dog with Roger from Lesson Jake. Roger's a legend. He's amazing. Basically, they were supposed to play and it was the one time when I was younger that I wasn't getting the train home. And I spoke to JR and I was like, when are you guys going to come out and play? Because we have to go home. And I was like, my parents are picking us up. So he made me call my mum and ask if we could stay longer. (laughs) And then he was talking to Vinny, I think. And then he made me call my mum back and ask my mum and dad if they wanted to come to the show. Oh, So. This is why your mum is the best Bennett. Yeah, she is the best Bennett. Fuck Jenny. Fuck Penny. <laughs> it's all about Helen. It's all about mama and papa Bennett, to be mama fair. Mama and papa Benny, yeah. yeah. When's she coming on the show? Yeah, when is she replacing you? <laughs> Permanently. Jesus <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> It's so mean. I don't think she can sit through movies for that long. <laughs> Do her eyes also get bored? <laughs> <laughs> That's the other Bennett. Special mention to Ear 2000, who are David Arquette's band that do the last track on the soundtrack called The Race. But I'm not going to tell you anything about that, but it's definitely David Arquette singing on it. So can enjoy that i mean he has a lot of jobs he was at one point mm. uh, a wrestling champion and he still does <laughs> wrestling to this day so well, i think there's a movie coming out called you yeah. can't kill david arquette which i need to see i have it on my wish list i'm ready to watch it yes he's a fucking maniac he's great i want to meet him so bad he is a maniac he looks like so much fun but it's an interesting song don't think it was in the movie i think they just let him put it on the cd <laughs> okay fine at the end just have his 15 minutes of face such a diva <laughs> yeah mine are pretty obvious well the first lot Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049 uh, the first Blade Runner was done by an artist called Fangelis and it's a Swedish group I think and 2049 was done by Hans Zimmer they're both pretty I mean from the outside they are pretty similar-ish I would say but the first Blade Runner has a bit more classical element to it since it was made in fucking what 70 oh 83 81 was that before or after the second one fuck you right so (laughs) you guys deserve it but it has a nice I mean it's Blade Runner it's a classic 
you know it's it's an amazing amazing film with amazing visuals and the sound accompanies so so well with this film uh, especially in the first one the second one Hans Zimmer is a bit more darker feel and a bit more I can't really describe it did Hans Zimmer do uh, one of the Batman films or something he did Dark Knight did he do Dark he did the Dark Knight trilogy yeah it's sort of like that where it's kind of like it takes a slightly darker turn but has a bit more ambience or ambience feel to the whole thing and there's not a lot of very fast tracks it's all like boom and doom and doom which Hans Zimmer is <laughs> kind of famous for for going brr like that very slowly what in life or in his music does he just walk around going bird, bird, boom, bird, bird, like that yeah he builds a lot of atmosphere yeah with um limited use yeah don't know what that means did he do the little um <laughs> mermaids no he didn't <laughs> this is the week i quit <laughs> didn't he do the little plinky plonky song from true romance at the beginning plinky do, plonky do, song do 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 you've on the xylophone uh i don't know the like the theme song from True Romance. Um, he's done loads of stuff. He did Star Wars. He did Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, pirates. Yeah, and he's Star Wars. Why are you laugh at me? Like I, I know that. No, I think he was laughing at me because I pshed Star Wars. Oh. A bit of both. I initially thought Dan was confusing him with John Williams. Oh shit! Yeah, I was. Uh, <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> shit! How can I save it? Inception <laughs> saved it. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I got confused. But yeah, Blade Runner, uh, both films, fantastic music amazing good music to study and relax to and chill to as well i would say i I listen to a lot just when i want to chill out there you go top tip from dan andy has anyone thought about a tarantino film i was gonna put it in but no all right i'm gonna get there ahead of you death proof fantastic soundtrack not what i was expecting shit film though the film is pretty yeah dry (laughs) planet terror is the one it actually might not be that bad now after like the hateful eight and once upon a time in hollywood because a lot of that film is just talking and then like five minutes of action they shouldn't have put it with planet terror because planet terror was clearly the better of the double bill i also didn't need to see kurt russell cry (laughs) What's wrong with a man crying? <laughs> not a man crying. I just didn't need to see Kurt Russell cry. Like, I didn't like it. He doesn't cry. Not in movies. What do you mean? If he wants to cry, he can cry? Let the man cry, Penny. He can cry. I'm not talking about his own life. Fucking hell. He can cry in his own life. I believe, yeah. Fuck you guys. Cry in his own life. He's in a movie. It is his life. <sighs> Are you saying he's not really a stuntman called Mike? I'm not saying anything to you guys anymore. Oh. Quiet episode this week, Dan. All right, mm. it's going to be the boys' podcast then. Jeez. So Death Brief, there's a lot of sort of country and Mexican music in it that sort of fits with the aesthetic that he's building. Mariachi. Mariachi, that's the word I was looking yeah. for. Love Mariachi. But then you've also got the likes of T-Rex and Dave D, Dozy, Beaky, Mick and Titch as well. I'm not saying that again. That was hard work. Nice of them to all show up. Yep. And it's got the coasters down in Mexico in it, which is possibly one of the sexiest songs of all time. Mm. I'm putting it out there. It is fantastic. How does that go? Oh, I'll uh, send you a link. Give us a sing song. <laughs> no sing song. No lap dance. Neither. Not today. But it is, it is fantastic. Oh, all right, Pen. The Faculty. Oh, what a classic. <laughs> I watched this in media school. There you go. Well, it's got The Kids Aren't Alright by The Offspring, because I can't do this with you guys today. I hate you so much. What the fuck? Fuck I just said I I just said I fucking saw it in media school. Ugh. Oh, you're fucking ugh. I think it's because Andy's got Andy's got his smug face on. 
Okay. I fucking haven't. My hand is talking? literally covering what my face. What the fuck is Andy doing? He's doing nothing. I can't help it. You guys have abused me and traumatized me enough that now I'm just. I've had five <sighs> coffees today. Yeah. And I've had a bad day. Yeah. And now I'm having a bad day. <laughs> There's a track called Helpless on it by Degeneration. Most of these bands I've never heard of yeah. after or since. Don't know any of their other songs, but that's a good track. <laughs> yeah. There's also, and I really hate to say it, there's a fairly decent cover of I'm 18 by Alice Cooper. You love Alice Cooper as well. I do love Alice Cooper, but it fits in really well with the movie. But unfortunately, it's by Creed. <laughs> <laughs> Your face. Oof. Unfortunately. I felt the pain. <laughs> yeah, so it's... Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, I really liked it when I was younger. And then I found out who Creed were and I was like, oh, this is... Awkward. We apologise to all Creed fans. <laughs> Something I mean, what Creed fans? What yeah. Creed fans? Isn't it just the man in Creed? Yeah. There's also the very last track of the movie is called It's Over Now by Neve, which is possibly one of my favourite songs of all time. And I heard that and I went and bought their one album as well. I don't think they had a lot after that. But that's a song I love a lot too. Oh. I'm so good at describing music, you guys. That's right, everyone. I'm going in for the greatest superhero films of all time. I'm going Spider-Man 1 and 2 soundtrack. However, when looking this up, it's kind of like, it confused me, but as we learned in a couple of episodes ago, Sony made the first two <laughs> Wait, films. Did we Spider-Man. learn or did you learn? I certainly didn't. I think we all learned something that day. That's how I'm going to put it. Yeah, that you should do your fucking research. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks for Facts doing it. Facts so I don't know if all the bands were on this like soundtrack, but I maybe that every band on this was contracted as only, I think, at the time. But the soundtrack to Spider-Man 1 and 2, they made a, another album called Songs Inspired by the Spider-Man. Yeah, Dashboard Confessional <laughs> did a song for Spider-Man, but I th- yeah. think, was that in the movie or was that inspired? I will tell you. So in the first one, they had the inspired, which obviously has Hero from Nickelback and Josie Scott. Where happened to Josie Scott? Does anyone know? No. Mm-mm. He just went like, the watching us. <laughs> he did. <laughs> Fine, I'll keep this going. Right, so you I had Hero. I don't know, I don't know. You had What We're All About, which I previously, a few couple of minutes ago, before this podcast discussed, I Hate That Song by Sum 41, featuring Kenny King from Slayer, by the way. It is weird that they had, like, Josie Scott from um, fucking Saliva with Nickelback and Kerry King with Slayer. Sum 41. <laughs> so like, sweet. are they saying, like, they don't rock hard enough? Was he desperate to work with Sum 41? I mean... I hate this. I think that's the worst Sum 41 song is what we're all about. I think it's awful. I really like it. I don't know if I know how it goes. I really like it's it. It's what we live for. It's going to scream and chat. It's what we're all about. It's so oh, bad. No. It's very know. of its time, but i tell you what I like about it. I like that Derek is wearing a cardigan in the video. <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing a woolly jumper. Is that how your favourite part of Parasite was the house? Yeah. The house was fucking amazing. Your favourite part of that song is his cardigan. <laughs> But also has some other good tracks. Alien Ant Form is, again, it's inspired. It's not the official, like, motion picture. It's just the inspired one. So I don't know if it counts, but... What was the Alien Ant Form song? Uh, Bug Bites. Mm. That first album was banging. There's also Stone Sour. Stone Sour, credited as Corey Taylor. 
on there. The Strokes, The Hives, Theory of a Dead Man, eh. Aerosmith. There's loads. Like, there's a lot of really good... Which one was Dashboard on? Because that song is fucking great. That's on probably two. I'm trying to find two at the moment. I, th- I but... feel like that one was in the movie. Yeah, two was vindicated by Dashboard Confessional. Uh, Huberstank was in the second one. Oh, Jets was in the second one. Yellow Card. Maroon 5 mm. were in the second one. Oh, Taking Back Sunday. What? This sounds amazing. Lost Profits. Ooh. Oh, maybe not. Can't say that. <laughs> Blink that out. Let's, let's skip. The thing is... Yes. The thing is, Dan, whenever I think of Spider-Man and the music in it, the only thing I can think of is Macy Gray. Oh. I don't go and towards Macy Nickelback. Gray. Like, immediately, I'm like, oh yeah, Macy Gray was in that. She was great. Do you remember why she was famous? <laughs> Probably because she wrote some big-selling songs. songs. Yeah. Do you not think her... Like, I couldn't stand her voice. But neither could I, but I also can't stand David Gray's voice. Yeah, but she sounded like she smoked 50 a day. <laughs> That's why I didn't get her. I Like, she was, like, number one. Like, Macy Gray, people don't know, she was in the first Spider-Man film, I think, as a cameo as well. She's in it as well. She performs in it. Yeah, yeah. She performs in the parade, yeah. But she, she's like, say goodbye and Like, it literally's like... Sounds <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why everyone... I'm not sure it's quite that deep a voice. Oh, Trying to say goodbye and sure. Like, it sounds like... It sounds a bit like... <laughs> A bit right. <laughs> Sorry, it's a bit loud. Christ. Andy, giving on the track. <laughs> I just want to think about your Macy Gray impression for a second longer. I try to play an arena. <laughs> she sounds like she's from a death metal band. Adam and Joe did a great. Uh, you know, they used to do their little toy movies. Do we know this about Adam and Joe? Do you know Adam and Joe? Am I old again? You are old. Adam Buxton? Yeah, Yeah, Adam Buxton and Joe Cornish. And they used to do movies, but with fairy toys. And there was one with Macy Gray in it. And they used like a toy of a moose. (laughs) That's all I can think of when I think of Macy Gray. Why a moose? Sorry, Macy. Oh, that's so good. I don't know. Maybe because mooses have deep voices too. Sound like this. Not because it was Moosey Gray. Oh, oh Moosey Gray. it might have been. Oh, oh it might have been. I don't even have my... Oh, Ba-dum-bum. where is it? Oh, God. Where... Oh, that's the wrong one. <laughs> Forget well, that's it. killed it's it, hasn't it? Forget it. Yeah. <laughs> I see your Spider-Man 2 superhero movie, and I raise you Watchmen. Oh, that's a good show, actually. Yeah, I forgot that. The opening of that film, where you've got the times they are changing, and you've got sort of that montage of them going through, yeah. is genuinely stunning. Yes. Do you rate Bob Dylan? Do I rate Bob Dylan personally? Yeah, I always like to find out from people because everyone has a different answer all the time. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bob Dylan. Yeah, I've not listened to masses of them. I'm not against him. I like that one. Johnny's in the basement mixing up the medicine. I'm on the pavement oh, thinking yeah, yeah, about yeah. the government. I like that one. I think that's the only one though. Anyway, <laughs> so all the or like all the music from this film is from around the same sort of era, and it replicates that 1984 film. Apart from one song, My Chemical Romance is on the soundtrack for that. Oh yeah, Desolation Row. It plays right at the end, doesn't it? The credits and credits. Yeah, and it's fucking pointless. Why is it there? It's not necessary. <laughs> oh, are you saying that music's not necessary in movies? God I'm damn saying it. that song. When when you've got the <laughs> likes of Leonard Cohen, Billie Holiday, Janis Joplin, Simon and Garfunkel, Nat King Cole, Nina Simone. Fucking My Chemical Romance, yeah. a whingy fucking way boy just turning up and whining about shit. It's not needed. Fuck off. 
How happy are you that you can say that about them on this podcast and not on another podcast that will be happening soon? I'm also going to say it there. Don't worry. <laughs> Wait, don't plug your shit on here. <laughs> How dare you? But uh, it's also got Pirate Jenny in it. Nina Simone's Pirate Jenny, which was the inspiration for Tales of the Black Freighter, part of the graphic novel that didn't get put into the film, but is in the extended Blu-ray cut, I think. It's an animated version of it, retelling of the story. Okay. And it is uh, pretty, oh. pretty good pretty good yeah i was thinking of what actually I, like i i thought something superhero besides the spider-man one obviously i thought there must have been another superhero film that's actually got a good soundtrack but actually yeah watchman is a good shout i would say Penny. 1990 <laughs> pump up the volume here we go which is one of my favorite movies in the entire world starring christian slater and samantha mathis it is a completely weird soundtrack it's got I think it's got the Descendants on it. It's yeah. got the Pixies on it. Didn't you send me a clip of that the other day? And the only thing I like, I ignored Christian Slayer, but I noticed the Descendants immediately. Probably. You did, yes. It doesn't fit in with the rest of my soundtracks. It's got a version of Wave of Mutilation on it by the Pixies, which I didn't know. Like, it's not acoustic, but I ended up seeing the Pixies at Reading in 2000 and i don't know at reading whenever they played and they played it and i got really excited and then realized that the real version is like a much more sped up version and i was quite disappointed but i love that version on that album there's a 90s ballady song by kenny lee lewis called why can't i fall in love there's a lot of uh jazzy piano in that i'm a big fan of so you've got you've got descendants pixies and then jazzy piano <laughs> yeah there's um, a weird combination i feel like i need to look it up now there's some random stuff on it kick out the jams by bad brains is on it and the theme song of the movie is everybody knows by leonard Cohen, mm. which i love and they also that gets the movie's about christian slater running a pirate radio station kind of thing and that's his theme song for his show but they also use a punkier version by Concrete Blonde, which is great. It's, it's a nice way to tie in the theme of the movie without using the slow Leonard Cohen version. Yeah. I've got my last few here, so I'll quickly round them off. The Shining, probably the first film that actually terrified me in terms of like music and how unnervy it was. I mean, there's a lot of things about Shining because there's long shots and everything that's makes The Shining The Shining and it's very like influential still to this day but like The Shining has like a lot of weird loud music in shots that you're just looking down hallways and shit and it's just like it wasn't dumb mm. before so people were just expecting like din -in, din -in -in -in. that's Jaws <laughs> <laughs> they were not expecting Jaws just... that would be amazing I wasn't expecting Jaws that would be amazing if Danny is triking down the <laughs> fucking corridor the hallway he rounds the corner and it's a big fuck off shot no jaws. yeah but th that's the thing that it doesn't do that it kind of plays the loud music in the quiet bits and it throws you off and that's what makes the shining so good it's such a great film yeah i mean it's become like a it's become a proper horror trope these days like they do it in everything yeah and that was down to kubrick being ahead of the curve yeah they do i have a question on, is it a score soundtrack there's no like songs in the shining right Oh, it's score. Yeah, score. just checking. Yeah. I should know that, but... It's all, like, orchestrated stuff, pretty much as a big band kind of thing. Almost Famous. Oh, how did I forget well. Almost Famous? <gasps> Almost Famous has a fantastic Aww. soundtrack. It really fits in well. Hold Me Closer, Tony Danza. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 
Also a good film. Like, it's kind of underrated, and I would say. I, a lot of people missed it, I guess, when it came out, I think. My dad saw it on TV and recorded it on VHS and gave it to me and went, you have to watch this. And he was all right, because it's great. There you go. But it's got a really, really good soundtrack. Loads of artists you probably have heard of. I won't go through them all. The Clearwater. Credence, Clearwater Revival, CCR. Oh, that's a real band. I don't know what you're getting at. What were the band called in Almost Famous? Oh. There's a band in Almost Famous and they're called Clearwater. My brain's gone dead. Jason Lee's band in that. I have a poster of it and it's not in this room I'm in. But they had original <laughs> songs <laughs> and they were really good. I've got that soundtrack on vinyl. Yeah, they had a, a separate album, didn't yeah. they, for the band. Yeah, and they did like a live... Almost Famous, yeah, There's yeah. a bunch of live tracks as well, which are really good. Yeah. And the last two I have are The Social Network with Trent Reznor and... Atticus Ross. I don't know who Atticus Ross. I know Trent Reznor is, but it's kind of like the not. It's the industrial sort of yeah. Trent Reznor style, but it's a lot more chilled. I would say it sounds like it sounds like computers. <laughs> is that what it's, I put it? <laughs> it's like all digital. Well, like hackers. A bit like hackers. Yeah. Go on, Randy. What? Have you got any more? Oh, I've got loads left. Yeah. No, no, no. You were saying so you were trying to bump in. Oh uh, no! Carry on. I have nothing important to say. Ever. Just in general. Oh my god, stop being depressed, you two. Jesus Christ. 1987! Go. The Lost Boys. <laughs> I'd won more. I'm the Wind Rises is my final one. It's uh, Miyazaki. Apparently, it was his last film until he decided he was going to make one more before he dies. The Wind Rises is one of the best films, anime films of all time, in my opinion. It's great. Great soundtrack. <laughs> I've got loads because I think ahead. I have also specifically not done scores because, again, that could have gone on. But I've got Logan Lucky. Like again, a nice country sort of feel. Big Lebowski is the same sort of thing. Oh, Grace Point Blank has got fucking all sorts on it, from the Pogues to um, Guns N' Roses. Cruel Intentions, one for Pen. Ooh, yeah. She's perked up. <laughs> I'm surprised I don't own that. Does that have a good soundtrack? Yeah. Wasn't All Saints on that or something? No. From what I can remember. Skunk and Nancy. No. Blur. Placebo. Of course. Okay. Yeah. And the Verve. Oh yes. Now I remember. I remember the Verve. Yeah. I fucking hate that song. Gardens of the Galaxy, Train Spotting, <laughs> Snatch, like has a very British feel to it, thanks to the music and the way it's used. And Juno as well. The whole like acoustic element of Juno, everything is quite stripped back with Kimia Dawson and Moldy Peaches. It adds to the sort of feel and aesthetic of that film. Slightly quirky, a bit like Juno. The only other one I've got is Team America. America. The songs in Team America <laughs> are mean. fantastic. They are great. <laughs> I don't know if I'd listen to them in my spare time, but yeah. It'd be a bit weird sat in a room going, everyone has AIDS. <laughs> You've never listened to Steel Panther, have you, Dan? <laughs> it's very similar. Uh, no, uh, well, yeah, I guess so, yeah. I remember cycling a lot when I was younger, listening to Everyone Has AIDS, and just laughing, laughing to myself as I'm going. Oh, you're such a simple man back then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, from an OST perspective, like oh. a score... Amelie is gorgeous. Jan Tiersen did a uh, great job. Cool. Pen, last ones. Lost Boys. Who doesn't love 80s music? First one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the first one. Uh, also, the Echo and the Bunny Men cover of People Are Strange is what got me into the Doors. And I had a massive Doors phase, and I'm a big Doors fan. I do like random covers like that that help you discover the real song and other stuff. There's too much um, keyboard in the doors for me. Yeah, they're quite twiddly. I find them a bit like David Bowie when he gets a bit mad and a bit... Like, I like David Bowie's, like, mainstream 
you know the stuff that everybody likes and the doors is a bit like that they can get a bit twiddly and go on and on and on but the stuff i like i really like yeah i honestly feel like will smith uh will young to the better vest of like my fire will smith <laughs> i caught myself like my fire is not the one it's like the only song anyone ever thinks about and it's not their best song at all yeah i know it was will young I nearly said Will Smith again. <laughs> <laughs> wiki, wiki, wow, wow. Oh my God. <laughs> Will Young to the better version. I want a Will Smith version. There's a couple of like 80s proper. Men in black, man. <laughs> Lost in the Shadows by Lou Graham and Cry Little Sister. Just, I like songs I can sing along to in their 80s and love it. And obviously Tim Capello's I Still Believe with that saxophone solo, which Andy won't know because he hasn't seen it, but everyone else will know. Is it as good as Baker Street? Okay. Is it as good as Careless Whisper? Oh, it's very close. Nothing's better than Careless Whisper. No, nothing's yeah, better. Yeah, that's, that's not... It's close. Is you it? You can't beat Careless Whisper. It is. I feel like... I also have a special mention, speaking of covers, the end of Scream. There is a song called Whisper to a Scream by Soho, and Social Codes did a much more 90s pop-punk version of it which I'm a big fan of. Baby Driver. Ugh. Love the soundtrack to Baby Driver. I knew that would come yeah. from someone. <laughs> Whatever the soundtrack is on, um, it's quite long on Spotify. I enjoy like the first half, the ones that were, you remember being in the movie and then there's a bunch where I'm like, oh, I don't need these. The car chase ones. Yeah. The actual in the car. The like you mean. 80s rock ones. Obviously. Radar. Yep. Radar Love. Is it Gold Earring? Yeah. and Queen. The and Boots stuff. one. And this is not a soundtrack at all, but I'm putting it in anyway. Metal band, oh, I don't know if they want to be called metal. I didn't think about that. Ice Nine Kills, their latest album, The Final Scream, is The Silver Scream. Fucking hell. Somebody sack me from Punktastic. Don't worry. I'm working on it. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. <laughs> the Ice Nine Kills album, The Silver Scream, is a concept album where each of the songs are about a different horror movie. So there's a Shining one, an It one, Friday the 13th, Black Christmas. Are they all done in the style of the film? Is that <laughs> no. right? No. They're done in the style of okay. metal. Fine. Yeah, metalcore. But they're all about different horror movies. There's a great acoustic cover of their Friday the 13th song with Ari Lehman in it, who was the first Jason. So if you like horror movies like I do and you like metal, it's a really fucking good album. <laughs> oh, I've just realised how on brand they are for you. <laughs> Literally, as I was writing them out earlier, I'm like, ah, oh, just, I'm too old to change my ways. Like, it's all, this is who I am. You're too far gone now. I've got some that I'm surprised didn't get mentioned. Mm. Any of the American Pie films generally have a pretty decent pop punk soundtrack. Yeah. I mean, they will for us because we grew up on them to be fair all of mine are ones i owned on cd and i didn't think much further than that mm. because i didn't know how many we would need but they were literally all ones that i remember buying on cd when i was younger so there's probably more that i haven't thought about drive i'm surprised it didn't come up then i mean i would have but i don't want to mention it again because i'll just get absolutely slated i don't care if you like that shit Tron 2 with the Daft Punk soundtrack is pretty solid. I don't think I've seen Tron 2. Have you not? I no. think that's a slice of you, man. I've seen Tron. I've seen Tron, but I haven't seen Tron 2. Tron 2. I really like it. No one else does. I know I would like it if I watched it. It's my kind of film, I guess, but yeah. Purple Rain as well is an honourable mention. Yes. Shit. Forgot. An outrageous soundtrack. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if it counts because it's a musical, but Little Shop of Horrors. I'll put that on and just listen to it all the way through. 
Is that score wise? No, it's no. it's a musical, so it's like. Oh yeah, of course. Fuck. Yeah, sorry. But that's we'll have that on. Oh, Dokken do a track in Nightmare on Elm Street Three, which is fucking great as well. Cool. All right. Well, there you go. That's our favourites. We're going to have a little Spotify playlist with, I guess, some of the track, not all tracks, because it'd be yeah. pretty heavy if we picked everything from every film we talked about. But some highlights. Definitely Chad Kruger in there. Come on, guys. So, our film out of the hat this week is, I uh, chose my Andy, thanks mate, once again, is the 2010 <laughs> film, in quotations. It's not a film. It's not a film. It's not a real film. Birdemic Shock and Terror. This was shortened to Birdemic, and it was a independent romantic horror <laughs> film, as Wikipedia put it. <laughs> I didn't even see that. <laughs> independent romantic horror film. Oh, okay. So I think at the end we'll go, because Penny doesn't know the story of the guy who produced this, but I think at the end, if we've got time, we'll just quickly go over some little fun things about this film. Yeah, let's do the plot first, and then we can talk bollocks afterwards. So, Birdemic, Shock and Terror, we get introduced to our hero of the whole, I mean, hero, if you want to call me hero, it's not really fucking hero. His name is Rod. (laughs) And we get introduced to him in this lovely, lovely sweeping soundtrack. Speaking of great soundtracks, they go constantly. Why were the opening credits so long? I mean, it had a genuine shining feel to it. It did a little bit with the slanted camera in the (laughs) backseat. Basically, the film, it doesn't know, they don't know how to edit. They're like, there's no, like the edit, the shots last longer than they really should in nearly every scene, I would say. Yeah. Especially the opening. The opening, I did time it, is like coming up to five minutes before anything kind of interesting happens. <laughs> like there's the whole credit section. He's driving a car and this stupid music that's obviously royalty free or made on a fucking Casio keyboard you got from school one day is just playing throughout this thing. I like that I've written Casio keyboard as well. Yay! <laughs> it literally sounds like something. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like something you made at school. Just It's looped constantly as well. The whole intro is this music playing. But it's not looped well because no. you can hear it end and then there's yeah, about four seconds and it starts again. And I was like... There's silence what? and then... Dude. <laughs> also, I learned how to fade stuff in and out doing this podcast. They can't do it. They'll be playing music and then it will just stop to really abruptly and it was awful. I had to take some clips from this to play during this section of the podcast and the amount of times where the music or something just stops and is silent and it goes up again is extraordinary. You think you've gone it's deaf. Mad. Yeah, what I've learned from this is that my video writing and sound editing is not as bad as I thought it was. <laughs> this was a real confidence booster, this film. It is a good confidence Literally, booster, yeah. my second note says, I can't deal with the background noise changing every cut. Yeah, we'll hear that very soon. So we get long-ass shots that need editing, and uh, Rod decides to go into, which is a great scene, <laughs> the very first... When we talk about opening scenes to films, we talk about maybe The Godfather, Goodfellas is a good one. The Dark Knight. Inglorious Bastards, Dark Knight, some amazing opening scenes when you just get introduced to our main character. Mm. After five minutes of that music playing and the car driving, we get introduced to Rod by going into a cafe 
And this is what happens. <laughs> this is not edited. This is a hundred percent what you hear when he talks to a waitress at a cafe. Are you ready? Hi. There is a menu. Thank you. I'll be right back with you. So that sound quality is exactly what you hear for the hour and, what, 40 minutes of this film? Yeah. For a second, I thought it was Zoom buffering, but I then remembered no. that, it, no, it just goes quiet and you can't hear bits. And The sound quality on Zoom is probably better than what the fucking film is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it definitely is. It sounds like it's been recorded on the shittiest, cheapest phone or something. like The VHS like- camcorder. Yeah, but it came out in 2010, so it's probably an iPhone. I know! (laughs) (laughs) The fucking microphone is... I think it's on top of the camera, and it's never like a boom mic. It's just Uh... on top, so when they're further away, they are further away from the camera because you can hear them further away. Fucking buy lapel mics on eBay. It's not hard. I know. Or even lapel... Yeah, that would, like, disbelieve everything if we just saw a lapel mic on their collar or something. That'd be fine because the sound would be great, but no, they're going to go... With that kind of sound. And also, I love the, hi, just out of nowhere. And (laughs) yeah, it's fucking awful. The sound in this is the worst I've heard in any film ever. So that's her introduction, by the way. Rod, he sees a girl in the cafe and he looks at her for a very, very long time. Again, shots need editing. He just creepily stares at her for way too long. She's also cutting up her food with her mouth open. Anyone notice that? (laughs) Did she? She's eating in this restaurant and she's just like... Does she know? (laughs) She never eats anything. Oh, they've become robots. I mean, for this film, she is the best actress. Yeah. Actor. Apart from the birds, they're the best Oscar goes to. So he meets, which I get her name wrong because it, it looks weird, Nathaniel, <laughs> Natalie, in this cafe. And he follows her out of said cafe. And he goes through some very... Uh, the thing about Rod is, and the guy who plays him, he's very robotic. Mm. And he sounds... Like, he's the lead, and he's the worst in this film, I think. I need to know why they picked him. Like, who... I don't know. kid is he? Who did he bang? Like, how did he get in this movie? Because he's bad. (laughs) I've seen less wooden acting from my dining table. It's ridiculous. It's it's... hilariously bad. Like, it's just... It's so bad. I can't score. I messaged you because I thought it was his movie. I thought he was Neil Breening it, but that's not true, apparently. So no, I, he was hired by the director or the writer. Somebody paid him to do that. Hmm. Yep, budget of 10000 On purpose. Yes. Imagine if you went to audition for that movie and you didn't get it and then you saw his acting and you'd be like, wow, I wasn't good enough, but this guy was. <laughs> so he kind of strikes up a conversation where he remembers her from school or something. I'm going to gloss over some details because the, the first 45 minutes of this film are fucking dog shit and I hate <laughs> it so much. The good bits are after the 45 minutes, but anyway, he like chats her up and then uh, and then he's like, oh, let me get your card. And she has a card to hand and he has a card to hand for some fucking reason. They both get each other's cards. Meanwhile, the news tell us that um, the news channel, <laughs> oh, the fucking news channel. Oh my God. Right. The news channel that Rod is watching one morning where the lady presenting the news seems to be missing out of shots. Her head just is popping over the bottom. <laughs> I also like that she's talking about global warming and how there's a problem with the sea ice melting. Oh, 
you missed the best bit i think it's later on in the film though actually yeah it is later on in the film um yeah but she tells us about the ice caps are melting all this kind of shit no 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 the sea ice is melting the sea ice is melting yeah. sorry i didn't make that much of a effort <laughs> it's, like, yeah. it's just such a weird description uh rod makes a big sale of a million dollars uh for half the price apparently what a baller yeah so what a baller. so it's describe this because i haven't got the audio i've got audio for some bits there was too many things i could have picked audio clips from he works in an office that's a single cubicle from what i can see <laughs> and he sat there with like a headset on and he's just mm-hmm. saying yeah 50 percent off sure We'll make it a million. No, 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 no. He says, right, well, how can I get your business today? And then he's like, what do you want? And they're obviously like, I want this and this. And he's like, yeah, we can do that. And I'll give you 50% off. Thanks very much. (laughs) So they've already got what they wanted and didn't ask for 50%. All profits gone. Yeah. And then he's like, yeah. And then he tells the guy, his mate, that he's done the biggest job ever <laughs> and he's got a million dollars and but he's given half of it away oh he could have doubled he that he gives 50% on a million dollars oh. I know he thinks he's great throughout the film as well he's like I'm a salesman now. he's like you're the worst salesman of all time <laughs> they didn't ask for 50% off they just were like they probably went how can I get your business what does he sell does anyone know actually no one knows I don't know oh. So they probably were like, well, we'd like like a month's free and a mug. And he's like, yeah, cool. And have 50% off. He is a mug. Anyway. <laughs> well played. Meanwhile, while he's doing all that, Natalie's doing a photo shoot in a one hour photo. What? <laughs> do, do, do photo shoots in a one hour photo? I never seen that. In... I thought she was auditioning anyway. Not doing it. Yeah, but a professional photo shoot in a one-hour no. photo shop that probably sells, like, ice cream or something as well. Had casting it couch vibes. Odd. Wasn't she auditioning for Victoria's Secret? No, that's in a minute. No, that but was We don't know else. that yet. Yeah. Jumping the gun there. Come on, don't spoil it. My apologies. She goes outside. <laughs> Just trying to get through it. I know. She goes outside, and then she gets offered a gig at Victoria's Secret because she's a model, and everything's going right for our two main characters, Rod and Natalie, they're all having a great old time. The news comes back on and trees are burning down, everyone. Oh no, I guess what this film is going to be about. Yes, you got it right. And there's, this is the thing that confused me. And it's so, it's so tiny, but only me could get annoyed by this, okay? It's so fucking tiny, but welcome to this podcast. In the news segment, she says, we're going to have a green Grand Prix, right? What? We're going to have a greener Grand Prix on the weekend or something. Like, the Grand Prix's up this weekend. We're going to have it as a green one. So, like, the cars are going to be, like, not using heavy fuels yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But then she says, and the drivers will be Hollywood celebrities. <laughs> How is that going to impact? Like, I get what they're going for, the message. <laughs> But the last line threw me off so much where I'm like, Hollywood celebrities will crash them and then they'll be fucking dead. Yeah, that doesn't sound like the best idea. It was at this sort of point where I just wanted them to stop the rest of the film and just show (laughs) celebs doing Grand Prix. (laughs) Because it would have been fantastic. But it, like, you know when you realise what the message of a movie is talking about and then they just go so off-piste, you're just like... (laughs) <laughs> What's yeah. fuck? That was that moment. Was like, what? It was so unnecessary, wasn't it? The whole film was unnecessary. 
Meanwhile, a solar panel guy. This is all in the first 45 minutes, everyone. A solar panel guy turns up at Rod's house to fix some fucking solar panels that he apparently now needs because he explains that you should get solar paneling. Why is this in the film? This is just stuff happening. Like, he goes to get petrol as well. That's in the film, <laughs> watching him get petrol. So odd. The best bit about the solar panels is where Rod's like, where are you going to put the solar panels? And the guy's like, come with me and I'll show it's you. Like, and they go outside and he just points to his roof. <laughs> like, where else would you put them? But it's just, it, remember you were talking about, like, I, I think it's a long time ago, Penny, but remember you were saying something about why don't they put the unnecessary bits in movies like going to the toilet and eating? <laughs> this is why, yeah, this is why. This film yeah. has it. It has everything. Because people go, what the fuck are they doing? Why has he just walked all the way out of his house to look at his roof to <laughs> then walk in again? Why do I have to see an installation going on <laughs> his roof? I'm also jumping the gun slightly, but was his startup to do with solar panels? Yeah, it was, yeah. I think that's what it was. I think it was planting the seed for what his... I think so, but surely if you're going to do a start up with solar panels you already know how to get solar panels and where from and where to put them well you would have thought so but Rod is a salesman so he only knows how to sell solar panels not buy and them a damn yeah, good yeah. one at that <laughs> he was also a cheap bastard because the guy told him how much they were going to be and he was like oh can we get the price down so they knock off a thousand pounds not 50% yeah. not 50%, 50% just a thousand dollars not one million dollars mate I want to live in this world you could get everything for free. You could get chicks by picking them up by saying terrible fucking robotic lines. This is a world for me. I love this place so much. Birds attacking. It's great, right? After she gets, like, confirmation of her job at Victoria's Secrets and he sells a million dollars worth of whatever he's selling, <laughs> he, he phones her up. He doesn't sell a million dollars worth. I suppose he does sell a million dollars worth. He phones her up to ask how her day was. They've just met. Yep, and I have a clip of this right here. Hello? Natalie? Who is this? It's Rod. Oh, the guy from the restaurant. What's up? Hey, it was nice running into it at Half Moon Bay. <laughs> you forgot his line. <laughs> yeah, it was nice meeting you. So, how's your day? It's so weird. My day's going well. How's yours? You've just met. Great. I made a big sale today. Good. Fantastic. Thanks. <laughs> I uh, closed a big job offer today with Victoria's Secret. Wow. Congratulations. I think you'll look great in those lingerie. Oh. Creepy. Thanks. <laughs> Awkward pause. So how about dinner to celebrate your success? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That line makes my skin fucking crawl. She also agrees. They hang up. He doesn't tell her which restaurant or when. No. <laughs> Would you like to go to a restaurant to success? <laughs> I know a good... Is it like a Thai restaurant Vietnamese. or something? I know a good Vietnamese, Vietnamese place. Yeah. But I'm not going to tell you where it is. The thing is, the editing's so bad that there's awkward pauses in between each of those sentences. And then there's a longer pause when he says, you'll look good in that lingerie. Thanks. Uh, it's just weird, isn't it? It's so weird. So are we going out for dinner? <laughs> so awkward. It's too many silences. So Robot Rod, I'm going to call him Robot Rod now. Robot Rod goes on a date and we get a shot of what's to come with some parrots. <laughs> where we see some oh, the CGI parrots. parrots. Oh boy. At this point, Penny, <laughs> what did you think? Is this? Did you think that's just an early prototype of the birds that are coming later, right? <laughs> I remember Andy mentioning the parrots. I think they're actually hummingbirds. 
but they were no they were fucking way massive too big and really slow they were huge <laughs> well if they were hummingbirds that would make sense why they were just flapping and floating i think that's what they were doing yeah spoilers none of the birds the eagles don't even move they just flap their yeah. wings up and down and they hover which is not what birds they do barely do that yeah so i just i don't i honestly can't remember what i thought just being like oh fucking hell either way i had like strong sci-fi you know sharknado lava lantula vibes but with less money yeah but and then as i said to you guys you're not allowed to be mad at me about zombies anymore because this is shit. The thing is, I, I went into this thinking it would be a cross between Sharknado and the birds. Mm. And I was miles fucking off. Just a bit. <laughs> we meet her mom, <laughs> who literally feels like her mom. <laughs> I don't know how to describe. But she's always like, she's so happy. That's her character. And she's so bashful with everything she's her daughter's doing. <laughs> And then at the end, there's this awkward bit, and I don't have a clip for it, but there's an awkward bit at the end where she goes, good for you, the mom. (laughs) She puts her thumbs up. The scene ends, but we carry on filming. And then there's this awkward putting the hand down. Everyone go back to the normal state. Are we still rolling? And then we change scenes. (laughs) It's terrible. Just like, you've edited it, so... You could edit yeah. those awkward silences out and you could edit that bit out. I don't understand. It wasn't all in one shot. You've done some editing. Do some more. I just imagine him at the premiere going, oh, fuck, I forgot to cut that bit out. <laughs> <laughs> the premiere well, in his house. Movie maker. <laughs> this sounds harsh, but I kind of hope he's partially deaf and he can't hear the changes between like the background scenes and stuff because that would make a lot of sense. <laughs> but I think he's just fucking useless. Yeah. I think that's the problem. He had some money. He made a film. He shouldn't have. I could have spent that money on much better things. Having said that... Oh, a fucking zombie. Yeah, exactly. We wouldn't get this delightful film if he didn't make it, so God bless him. Anyway, (laughs) we get a shot of Rod's friend and his girlfriend, who's also... Also, Nathaniel, uh, Nathaniel, Matt Lee's <laughs> looking at it looks like it looks like Nathaniel to me. I don't know why. Every time I see Natalie, it looks like Nathaniel. I don't well, know. It's because she's put an H in it for no reason. I know it looks weird to me. So Rob's friend is going out with Natalie's friend, and we find her in a swimsuit in the bed with Rob's friend. I was so confused with an Imagine Peace sign in the bedroom. It was so odd. I didn't think they were in a bedroom. It looked like a shit motel. I'm sure that's where it was filmed. I thought they were in an office. In an office? Well, isn't he the guy that Rod works with? He is. In fairness, I did initially think she was working and she was a massage therapist. And then it just got a bit too carried away. Well, first I was like, is he banging in an office? And then I saw the Imagine Peace sign. And I'm like, is that the name of the brothel they're in? Like, I had no... <laughs> what? <laughs> no idea. Like, I was so confused by what was happening. Okay, well, uh, yeah, they're banging, I guess. That's their storyline uh, started. And um, <laughs> we then get the boardroom scene, which in my eyes is possibly one of the greatest scenes <sighs> of all time. And yes, I do have a clip. This is not edited. The boardroom are celebrating something, as you'll hear, and... For some reason, the clapping never fucking stops. Ladies and gentlemen, I have some great news. Our board of directors has agreed to the acquisition of NCT Software by Oracle Corporation for a billion dollars! Brilliant. 
Radio Software. Probably gonna end now. Oh no, no, we're back, we're back. <laughs> it is a billion dollars. Guys, it a lot of you guys have worked hard and you've all earned your stock option. Congratulations. Hey, go on, go on, go on, go on. <laughs> Okay, guys, you can stop now. You can stop. You can stop now. Oh, we're over. It's done. Oh, oh no, wait. <laughs> oh, wait, we're stopping. Like oh, 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 wait, wait, wait. Keep going, keep going, keep going. It just keeps. Like, it's... <laughs> like, that, that, like, it's so bad, like, visually and audio, that you know it's cut and just cut again and repeated that yeah how yeah. can he not i don't understand i really don't know this guy's mindset when he made this or his editor his editor is fucking the worst i think <laughs> so the company that rod works for gets so a billion dollar whatever um they go to an irish pub that plays r&b music this is rod and uh, natalie hanging out hanging out yeah Hanging out with my honey. You've missed some some big bits. I don't care. I want to talk about the double date. (sighs) Go on then. (laughs) So him and his mate and Natalie and her mate go on a double date to the cinema and they come out and go, oh, what a great movie. And his mate's like, an inconvenient truth. That's it. (laughs) I'm getting an environmentally friendly car. (laughs) What? I'm assuming An Inconvenient Truth is the name of the movie. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's the film, 2006 film, like, about the environment. But at least be fucking subtle about it. It's less subtle than Animals United. And that was fucking ramming it down your throat with the polar bear. This has got shitting polar bears on ice cubes or whatever. <laughs> That's it. Just a single ice cube. <laughs> the thing is, his mate is like, I'm going to get an environmental car. You should get one, Rod. And Rod's like, I've got a Mustang. It's a hybrid. Hybrid Mustangs don't exist. They certainly wouldn't have existed in 2010. No, because I really want a Mustang. I've wanted one for ages. And I double-checked the hybrid Mustang is not due till, like, 2022. <laughs> so Rod's mate's girlfriend, also known as Natalie's mate, <laughs> every time you see her, is wearing a shirt that says imaginepeace.com, which is a reference... The brothel that she worked at. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the brothel, it's fine. Yeah. That is uh, Yoko Ono's website dedicated to John Lennon. Yeah. Wait, is it about climate change then? I mean, I don't think it is. I think it's just about peace. Oh, if it's about peace, I get it. But if it's just about John Lennon, that's extra weird that they were banging under a sign of it. That's the weird part of this film. There's nothing else in that room apart Except from a fucking poster that says imaginepeace.com. We're like, why? Just advertising it to no. themselves. <laughs> yeah. I really want to know what Yoko Ono's thoughts were when she saw this. Oh. I mean, I doubt she did. But. Is it really awkward if I like move my camera and there'll just be lots of posters that just say like facebook.com <laughs> Oxfam. Oxfam. <laughs> yeah. Everywhere. Like schools.gov.uk. <laughs> what a reference. They go on the double date and then uh, Rod and Natalie go to the Irish pub that plays R&B music. They also talk about how Rod wants to, Rod says he wants to retire with his money. Oh yeah. And he's like, He's going to have an early retirement. And then later on, he's like, yeah, I'm going to retire. I'll just have a couple months off. He's got it so together. That's not retiring. That's having a couple months off. He's got it so together, though. He says he's going to retire. And then he sets up a solar panel business. (laughs) But he says that his are cheaper to buy 
than other competitors because his are made of nanotechnology and not silicon. Oh yeah, you were cross about Surely, that. surely nanotech is far more expensive than silicon. Uh-uh, says Rob. And especially if you're selling stuff at half price, then you're never going to yeah. make any fucking money. He's talking bollocks and he gives this presentation. It's all shit. And then he goes, I'm requesting $10 million. And the <laughs> bank guy goes, wow, it's revolutionary green tech. Of course we'll fund it. It's like, what? How has he fucking made this? He's a made man. He's Scarface. <laughs> <laughs> He's a fucking idiot. <laughs> our main hero, our hero, the one we look up to. He's a fucking idiot. <laughs> he sold them a web of lies. That's the only thing he's selling. All right. So. With a PowerPoint presentation, which is kind of impressive. Yeah, not even a good one. No. It wasn't even a good PowerPoint presentation. I think that's why it annoyed me. <laughs> Andy, I've got to go. This has got to go for it. I'm only half. We're about to hit the best bit in the film, right? So they go to an Irish pub. It plays R&B music with no crowd except them <laughs> for some reason, and no band. But yet, there's music. There's music playing. Did you notice that when um when it, it cut back to them talking to each other, you could still hear the guy in the background singing, but really off key. No, was he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I need to rewatch that bit now. Oh no, Jesus. Just an update for everyone. Penny's gone for a wee. Uh, Penny's gone for her third wee. <laughs> <laughs> we'll carry on. We need to, we need to move on. Yep. So well, now we get the ultimate sex scene of all time where Rod is getting lucky with Natalie. And <laughs> I was listening to this, paying close attention to how Rod seduces the woman. And at one point, he says something that one of our hosts has a catchphrase for. And I had to re-listen and go, did he actually say that? Listen very carefully to what he says to her when she goes, how do I look or something? This is what he says. You look divine. You look fine. Divine. Did he? He said divine. I couldn't hear it. The music was too loud. You look divine. It does sound like fine. There's like a slight d- 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 You look divine. I mean, the mix was so bad we couldn't hear it. <laughs> So I guess yeah. I thought he was just going to go, you look absolutely fine, love. <laughs> Wish he had. I also thought he said, you look fine in a very bored tone. Yeah. The highlight of that, of course, is that the way he looks her up and down takes, honestly, four seconds <laughs> to get from like head to toe. <laughs> and then as soon as he looks at her feet, the camera then goes <laughs> head to toe and it, or toe to head, and it also takes four seconds. I nearly spat out coffee all over my fucking desk. <laughs> She's wearing really basic underwear for someone that's going to model Victoria. Victoria's Secret underwear is nice. Hers was not. Yeah, in this world, everyone wears swimsuits and Victoria's yeah. Secret, apparently. So they go to bed. It's all nice in the morning. We get nice drawn out silence of the morning rises and everything's all very quiet. For the first time in the film, I actually feel like I have peace in the 45 minute mark. Imaginepeace.com. Yeah. Imagine peace. Oh, well done. I thought my TV had broken. And then no sound. Out of <laughs> absolute nowhere, this happens. <laughs> very loud i didn't expect that do you know what it sounds like <laughs> it sounds like when you sit on the underground and a train is coming <laughs> why are they world war ii birds though why are they going <laughs> and things exploding <laughs> why were there explosions they're birds because it's funny <laughs> oh why did he have a thundercats duvet as well i don't know. he did have the duvet of a small 
He's, he's now a millionaire he's a and he's millionaire. got a Thundercats duvet. I wish I had a Thundercats duvet. What's happening is he's <laughs> taken a bunch of acid and this is all happening in his head. That's what I think Birdemic 2 is with, with Rod. That's what I think. It fucking felt like that for me as so, well, to be fair. the bird bit happens just all of a sudden where all these birds are suddenly attacking the town. I did nearly die laughing, to be fair. So we have your voice moments. You pretty much nearly did. And yeah, they're like committing suicide by dive bombing into and the birds are all looking like from they look like they're from a playstation one game is what i put down uh pretty much i'm fairly certain they're from metal of honor first tomb raider (laughs) (laughs) they're the bats in tomb raider (laughs) one what a deep and they're always in a cluster Like he's uh, he's not got one bird that he's put in randomly. <laughs> he's just got a cluster of bird, like a, almost like a square of birds that are just flapping yeah. and not. But did you notice that sometimes, like when they were in front of the window of his house? Well, no, they were in a hotel. They're in a motel. Yeah, they're in a motel. That's his house. Yeah. So I didn't see any solar panels though. No. And they're flapping, but they're just moving the camera instead <laughs> to make the yeah. birds look like they're Why making. are they in a motel? Sorry, if he has his own house, why did they go to a motel? And also, why did he take his Thundercats duvet to the motel? I don't yeah. know he had to bring his Thundercats <laughs> duvet. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't take any pyjamas, but he had his fucking duvet. Yeah, because he goes, he goes next door, doesn't he, to find someone else, but it's like the next door in the motel room, not oh, a neighbour. Yeah. Oh, right. <sighs> oh, look at my hair. It's all messed up. Jesus Christ. Right, so the birds attack them and they meet another couple, as you said, next door and they're all like, oh shit, the birds are- Becky and Ramsey. Is it? I didn't know their names, but there you go. Yeah, because I wrote down Rod and Ramsey, who picks these names. Yeah, I wrote down Rod and Todd. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't remember his name. Go to get coat hangers to attack (laughs) the eagles attacking them. Great scene this, especially the use of attacking said eagles before they're even on screen use. I really like that direction from the director and the editor. They do it in the Avengers pose. You wouldn't know this, Dan. <laughs> I wouldn't know. But they all come out back to back, don't they, in a, in a four, and then they're just swiping. There they are! How the Avengers, and then they're just swiping these coat hangers around, and the birds are just flapping. Yeah. The thing is, the the middle guy goes, like, I forgot the wife's name. Like, he's in the middle going, there they are. And he swipes before the camera cuts, so they're swiping and nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking brilliant. It's so good. The thing is, at least two of them have wire coat hangers. So there's not even any, like, weight to them. Why did they pick mm. hangers in the first place? They could have picked, like, a broom or something. I don't know. Something like, must be there. Because they were in a motel. Yeah, but, Ben, uh, when they were trying to stay protected from the birds that were banging on the window, they ripped the bed <laughs> apart. I forgot. Yeah. They ripped the bed apart to barricade themselves in and then think... We need weapons. That two by four is not good enough. Let's get some wire coat hangers. Just the lower half of the window, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it didn't reach that. I do like that. Like she opens the curtain very slightly, and you can just see the bottom of a bird like flapping. That she doesn't notice <laughs> at all. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, they hitch a ride with th- this couple, and the guy who Rogers meets pulls out an M5 and starts shooting the birds. <laughs> it's, it's fucking insane. Why didn't he take that in the room instead of a coat hanger? Ah, but we learn later on he's from Afghanistan. Oh, do we? So he's he's a war hero. Yeah, we do. He's he, he's a Marine. Machine yeah. guns also don't make that noise. I love how he's just in the car. 
I mean, there's there's a lot of issues with this film, Ben. If that's it, if that's the one thing you're taking away from it, the machine guns. It's not the one thing. Just I like shooting machine guns, and they sound nothing like that. So it annoyed me. Okay, unlimited ammunition, all sorts. Oh, yeah, Pistol yeah. in the car as well. Here, take this. <laughs> Everything is going wrong. The muzzle flash is like <laughs> clip art that you get on Word. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised the credits weren't in word art. I um, weirdly guessed the font in the opening <laughs> credits as Ariel. <laughs> At least it wasn't Comic Sans. Oh, right. That would have been worse, yeah. I would have turned it off. So now these two couples go on a big old adventure saving people. They first save... There's a girl under a kid under a car, and they're like, oh, come out Wee. underneath the car. And the, the all you can hear constantly is... <laughs> throughout the whole fucking time that sound effect never fucking stops and it gets in your head well after you finish the film as Penny would testify yeah so they find this little girl under the car and they try to pull her out but like they seem not like just fucking grab her and pull her out like no they killed my mom. yeah mum is dead we find dad like up against the back of the car and then there's someone in the boot (laughs) there's there's a child in the boot (laughs) And it's a small boy. We don't know this yet. But the way the way the boy gets out of the boot, the guy outside with the M5 is searching for a way to open the car. He first goes to the front of the car, and I'm thinking, just open the back of the boot by going to the back. And then magically the boy opens it himself from the inside and comes out. Just a heads up. Yep. There's an emergency boot release in the yeah. front of cars. Yeah, but it didn't work, did it? Because he went to the front and nothing happened. And it was only until he came back. <laughs> they probably popped the latch and then he opened it himself. They don't all open, like swing open. It seemed like, I don't know, it just seemed like... That felt like the only bit of truth in this film for me. <laughs> the way that boot released. So they save the kids and then they go to... They should have left them. <laughs> <laughs> they save the kids and then they carry on this little birdemic adventure shooting guns in the air as they, <laughs> they try to figure out what the fuck's going on they find a troll on a bridge okay there's this man who's just sat on this very very small bridge in the middle of nowhere <laughs> not a big bridge a very small well, bridge <laughs> haven't we missed the first shop oh the first shop is just him trying to get fuel uh, the second shop I cover in a bit uh, yeah I have no idea how long in time the span of this movie is supposed it it never gets dark they never go to bed it's always daytime right yeah this all happens within like two hours so to me it happened within like a day so the first convenience store they go in it's half empty (laughs) it's looted yeah yeah, and the clerk has had his eyes pecked out and I was like if this has literally just happened who has been here to loot this shop already like unless the birds pecked his eyes out and stole all the bottled water I don't I mean I'm not saying it didn't happen (laughs) one thing they didn't take is all the sweets and that's what they suggest they get except they only take one sweet each and then leave and some sandwiches (laughs) I also had forgotten that the voices in the car are dubbed really badly and out of sync I wasn't really looking I didn't know with the sound quality particularly the kids (laughs) yeah the kids are so whiny I would have fed them to the birds. Yeah, that fucking Susan. What a prick. I'm hungry. I want a happy meal. I honestly would have kicked them out. To be fair, if they'd have got food, not sweets, that wouldn't have happened. But, you know. They would. They're still fucking kids. They're still annoying little shits. So they go to meet a troll (laughs) on a bridge. The world's smallest bridge. And they stop randomly to see this guy just standing on a bridge. And like, who's that guy? And they walk over to him. (laughs) And he goes, whoa, 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 get away, get away. 
and they're like, we just want to talk. Okay, let's talk then. Easily convinced. And then he goes with them after going, go away. Yeah, exactly. He's so easily convinced (laughs) after one sentence. He's wearing a face mask, though. He's wearing a face mask. Which is more than you can say for most of the pricks outside where I live. Controversial. Yeah, but then when he goes with them, he's not social distance. He stood right next to the man who takes the mask off. <laughs> That's true. After just telling them that the birds are contagious yep. and that he's taken their blood, he's... he then goes <laughs> yeah, to stand when... next to them and goes, hello, uh, yes, I <laughs> have taken these birds' blood. I could be To infected. be fair, him not wearing a mask is probably the most truthful thing out of this movie. Yeah. Satire. He says to all of them that, uh, yeah, I've taken the birds' blood and the birds have bird flu. And then he goes on this whole... <laughs> And they're like, why is this all this happening? He's like, I don't know. But global warming and burning the fossil fuels and blah, blah. And we're like, so you don't fucking know, right? So we have no explanations why this is happening, right? So you just went on a whole tirade of global warming. Nothing to do with what's happening with the birds attacking because you don't know. He sounds like a science teacher. <laughs> this is the bit that really annoyed me. He sounds like a, an educational video that they've just plonked in the middle. They've probably taken the facts from an educational video. I doubt they have because I don't even think they're correct. I think he's oh. just talking shit. <laughs> I don't know what they've got to do with bird flu. He's like, it's the human species. They're the scary animal. Well, fuck off and hang with the birds. Yeah. Oh, I bit my tongue there. Oh, I bit. I nearly man. went slightly too far. <laughs> I very nearly crossed the line. Okay, we'll move on. So they leave him after learning these amazing facts we got global warming that we kind of already knew about and they stopped by a big red bus <laughs> and the big <laughs> red bus, bus. <laughs> so the big red bus has people inside of it and they don't want to come out so the marine guy and rod go in with their guns and go come on everybody out and it's really echoey and it's really bad sound quality and everything they don't want to leave because the birds are outside they get sent outside and then immediately get shot on <laughs> right or puked yeah. on yeah yeah. And die. This toxic shit. <laughs> and die. This toxic shit. Also, did we miss Becky as well? Yeah, Becky's uh, dead. Becky's dead, point. but who cares? Well, she <laughs> dies taking a shit. <laughs> In her jeans, by the look of it. Yeah, they were like, where's Becky? Oh, she's. they literally say she's gone for a shit. And she's got her toilet roll and she's still got her jeans on as she's squatting. And then a bird kills her. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, they get shat on by toxic birds. And die. And, and die. <laughs> the skin burns and everything. So now we know they're toxic birds. So they're not just angry birds. They somehow have generated, like zombie beavers, they've generated these superpowers or something. It's like, <laughs> what? That doesn't explain anything about how they became toxic. Like, there was no explanation to that at all. But At least it was I, explained in zombie beavers. I guess so. Oh, the go. more we talk about this, the more I'm enjoying it. <laughs> they're shooting the bird. There's birds in between them and the bus. So they're shooting at the bus. No care for the people on the bus when they're trying to shoot them. No. We could literally have a three-hour podcast about this. There's so much shit in this. Can we please not? No. Well, I think you're already seeing this one. So, hey. Unless yeah. there's a Ronan Keaton interlude right now. No. Did so you? we. <laughs> no. We don't sing Ronan until it's my turn. All right. So we get to the second shop, and this is my favorite character in the whole (laughs) entire fucking film, because I instantly know what they said to this guy beforehand. He's literally some guy who owns a fucking shop, has no acting experience whatsoever, and he's a friend of a friend of the family or something that are making it, and they're like, Oi, uh, Steve, can you be in a film and just like say these couple of lines about there's no fuel here and it's very expensive? 
the last sentence he says, I still don't know what the fuck he says. What? $100? That's outrageous. Well, either you take it or leave it, you know, and I have only a few gallons left on it. Rip off. Fine. What? <laughs> Sorry. He what? says you either take it or leave it. There's only a few gallons left. Oh. Did you hear that well? Or I've only got I've only got a few gallons left. Take it or leave it. You only got a few gallons left. Okay. Yeah. Uh, can we play it again? I want to confirm it. All right. What? A hundred dollars? That's outrageous. Well, either you take it or leave it. You know, and I have only a few gallons left on it. Rip off. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I only have a few gallons left. Only. There seems like an extra syllable in <laughs> Also, if we're yeah. still in the same day, which I am yes, we are. thinking we are, yeah. how has an eagle attack caused a shortage of petrol? Because everyone's trying to get out. Because he's like, no, we don't have any petrol because of the eagle attack. It's a shortage. Simple. Everyone's trying to get out of town. That didn't happen in Walking Dead. Everyone's trying to get out of town. Mm, it feels like that they've... like He's still got all the stuff in his shop. It wasn't empty like the first shop. I feel like this is literally just happened and now they literally just, like, just went we need a second shop scene so they went to the local one <laughs> and just put, put a camera there going shit we can't get rid of the sweets oh well we'll just fucking them carry on. I think if they'd swapped them around so they had this shop yes. first and the other one second yeah. Yeah, it exactly. would have worked better I'm fixing this film and it's shit <laughs> but also where are they going? And what about her mum? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, because she pops in to see her mum. We never see her mum again. They just leave her to the eagles. Oh, she was so nice to her as well. She's fucking yeah. dead now. She's still at home with her thumbs up. Good she one. worked as a jeweller for 30 years. She was a jeweller. And some days she likes going back to the office, but most of the time she just likes watching television. That's information I didn't need to fucking know about her. <laughs> he ends up paying a hundred bucks for this fuel at this second. Uh, this is uh, Rod. He ends up paying f- uh, money for this over expensive fuel. We get down the road and we meet the <laughs> cowboy as he's put in the credits. <laughs> and this guy is fucking hilarious because he literally uh. is all parked on the side of the road. His car is broke down. He waves them down, Rod and Co. And he comes up to them and he's like, Will you sell me some gas for my mother? <laughs> Will you sell me some gas, please, and something? Rod's like, no, we've just paid $100. Sorry, man. And he's like, oh, shoot. Oh, well. And then immediately pulls a gun out on them. <laughs> he tries to rob them of their gallon of petrol whilst wearing a 10-gallon hat. Oh, very good. Very yeah, astute. Fantastic. But he has an unfateful death when <laughs> a lone swooping eagle from fucking nowhere like Randy Orton in WWE comes out of nowhere and fucking swipes his neck off and dies. Now the birds are attacking soul per Like, why would they one bird have attack him? I don't get it. They've got razor blade wings, apparently. Yeah, but... He cut his throat. Yeah. I assumed it was claws, not wings. Nah. I like to think it was just wings. I bet you what Rod's job is, is selling these birds and he's secretly the villain behind. <laughs> he released all these birds that were just like, yeah, I'll sell you whatever for 50%. So I don't know. 50% <laughs> birds. The guy gets killed and as they're about to leave, there's a gas canister on the floor in front of Rod that he was about to give to this man as like a peace offering. And he runs away and leaves it. 
on the floor. I I don't understand. It's in front of him. You've just paid a hundred bucks for a gallon. It's like, in front of him as yeah. well. It's so weird. It's and there's no birds attacking him. It was literally just one that killed the cowboy and fucked off. But he, he leaves the gun as well. And he left the M5. Oh, you left the gun as well. <laughs> so Christ, he Rod. could have been like fully loaded. And now he's just got what I think is a Nerf gun that they've painted black. <laughs> you know when they say natural selection at its finest? I don't think that applies mm. in this film to Rod. <laughs> it just seems he gets away with everything. He's a salesman, it's fine. Oh, he's a good salesman. Anyway, they so he gets killed, they run off again, then they fucking end up in the woods, and there's, as explained in the fucking credits, Tree Hugger Man, or Tree Hugger. <laughs> this guy with really long hair... He kind of looks like Christopher Walken to me a little bit. No, he looks like skinny Woody Harrelson in a wig. Oh, God, he does. Yeah, he does a bit. Yeah. He then has another fucking message about the environment and these trees and... And beetles. And beetles and polar bears and... Bark beetles. Fucking, I hear a mountain lion, I gotta run. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best bit! That was the best bit they're having this chat. And he's like, oh, sorry, I've got to go home. I can hear a mountain lion. Good luck. (laughs) Just fucking leaves them. Yeah, I hear a mountain lion. You guys are fucked. Bye. 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 (laughs) So, yeah, he tells them another fucking message. At this point, you're fucking trying to just get through the last, what, 15 minutes of this. Mm. Great scene here where they go fishing. I'd like you to listen to this. Hey, look, a fishing rod. I can go catch some fish. Oh, look, a stove. <laughs> we can cook it. And the Oscar goes too. <laughs> when they leave the tree hugger, there's a forest fire. Oh, yeah. the fake. And at no point do they think, we should go back and check on the tree hugger. No, because he left him for the mountain lion. Fuck yeah, that exactly. exactly. <laughs> He's in his tree house. He's probably fine. It looked more like while they were running through the forest, they've got these little fake... CGI bits of fire that just kind of look like little tiki torches as they were running out of the forest <laughs> but they're all yeah. going <laughs> um, I thought that was the best bit of acting that any of them did making it convincing I think I've seen those torches from A Link Between Worlds Zelda I'm pretty sure I've seen the same one. <laughs> yeah I wish they'd been in like 8-bit I mean it felt like it for some of the fucking yeah. effects that were going on Jesus if this film was entirely in 8-bit I would have been <gasps> bang behind eight, it 16-bit yeah Anyway, we're near the end. In fact, we're at the Was end. Is this when they had the music? Oh, no, sorry. They had all sorts going on, but basically, to summarize, they go fishing, they find seaweed out of the <laughs> sea, and then they get to another bit of the beach, and the birds are attacking them by fucking flailing themselves straight through the windscreen, which I found <laughs> hilarious. That one that just went <laughs> thunk on the windshield. Boom, boom, on the windshield, dead. And then... All of a sudden, the birds fly away. And you think, oh, we're going to get some sort of like last message about why they're doing this. We do get a last message. However, the audio track, and I'm not kidding, (laughs) the audio track is so loud, you can't hear the last line that Natalie says. And I think she says, why did they fly away? Which is the same question that we had <laughs> and the credits roll no and we're left with fucking nothing. <laughs> fucking bullshit. And that, ladies and gents, is Birdemic. <laughs> Let's never talk about it again. Andy, do you have anything to say to everyone? The more I think about it, the more I enjoy it. <sighs> 
He was going to apologise. I know, but we've had a good time talking about it. That's the problem. So I'm <laughs> going to put some more trash in for next time. Andy, what do you think of the film? It was a real struggle. The first <laughs> half particularly was difficult. Once it got to the second half where the birds were dreadful and I knew that it was shit and it felt deliberately shit, it was more tolerable. Right. But... I don't know if deliberately shit is the right word. <laughs> if I could split the rating, the first half gets, <laughs> you know, a lower rating than the second half because the second half was quite fun. I agree. The first half was fucking dire. It was this terrible romance as the first half. It was just a bad romantic drama yeah. or something i don't know what wasn't it even a drama because nothing happened it was just what do you mean the guy installs solar panels on the guy's roof what are you uh, talking yeah. about yeah good point and i guess he does make 90 billion dollars or whatever yeah definitely and i did learn a lot about the environment as well <laughs> that you already kind of knew really yeah because i'm not a fucking idiot so you don't need to put it in every <laughs> shitty film i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it a two Oh, okay. And I feel like I'm being generous because this was difficult to get through. But once I realised, <laughs> like once I keyed in to how shit it was, I was totally fine. But that first 45 minutes would be like a zero. It's just a shame the rest of it is a four. So it brings the average <laughs> up to two. Annie, what do you think of your first time as well viewing Birdemic? There's so many other things I could have done in an hour and a half. <laughs> so good? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was fucking awful. And then, as you know from my voice note, as soon as the World War Two birds turned up, I was laughing so much. Yeah. And there were other bits that did crack me up because it was bad. But again, it's not bad on purpose, which is my usual go-to. But even then, like I think I sent you a message at one point. Like even with the fake fire, I was like, oh, I can't even laugh anymore. This is just terrible. <laughs> he gets a two. A two for. Becky dying, having a shit, and the bird <laughs> shitting on people. I guess a two for the shits. The two for shits. Great. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's just, the, just thinking about it is making me happy now. I've already seen this film before, but like, I I knew when it came out of the hat that I was angry that fucking Andy picked it, but at the same time, <laughs> I knew that I was going to laugh my ass off again because it is honestly one of the greatest it's so bad it's good films like it's up there with being out the room and all that kind of stuff it's fucking awful and especially the first half as Andy said it's dreadful it's fucking dreadful but once the birds come in at that 45 minute mark mm -hmm. you just sit back relax grab the popcorn and just watch what the fuck happens and it's just beautiful bats from Tomb Raider 1 coming on screen and it's fantastic mm -hmm. and yeah. I'm gonna give it a free a generous three because I did laugh a lot is it because of the Breen sheen oh he's been waiting to get that in the thing is Breen can act <laughs> so. I mean, yeah I'd rather watch him eat tuna out of a can than that guy I, yeah I mean he was like fucking DiCaprio compared to this <laughs> exactly this is just like all over bad the sound is the worst sound I've heard in any film of all I time I could not get out that made me so cross near the beginning yeah yeah. where it was just different like yeah it's horribly edited like the shots just carry on for way too long the sound gets cut when it shouldn't get cut and the mics are not in the right position it's fucking dreadful but it's funny i do think the editing gets better further into it <laughs> no it doesn't are you kidding me well i think because you don't have like conversations from one to another oh yeah i you guess just have like the pure action yeah and then they look up at a sky where there's nothing there they're both on screen and then they look back and go oh we've run out of diesel yeah i guess shit. like yeah 
like when they're having the conversation outside the restaurant, it's like one of them in each shot, isn't it? So yeah. you would have two cameras and two microphones and whatever, but they've obviously just either filmed all of his bit yeah. and then filmed all of hers. Like So the, the just the noises are different. Whereas, yeah, later yeah. on they're together in the car or they're like they're both on screen. Yeah, even in that bit where he screws up his line when he calls her, they didn't reshoot it. <laughs> like, they just said that's a good take. So they're obviously in a hurry to fucking get this done. So very quick side note, because people don't know. Yeah, the guy who made this is from Vietnam, right? And there's a Vice video about him. I think it's called Birdemic. Meeting the director of Birdemic, the worst film ever made, I think it's called. And he's a bit wacky, this dude. I remember he dressed up his car in toy birds when he went to the premiere like all over his car and shit i think it was the same guy he went to a film festival and there was no they wouldn't let him in with it yes that was it he used the van that they use in the film <laughs> decorated it with like bird called <laughs> and the signs and had birds all around him painted on the sides and it just drove backwards and forwards i think shouting yeah. the name of the film out of the window at everyone yeah on hollywood boulevard wasn't it or something yeah i think so oh, there's social media in 2010 there are other ways to do that but i respect the hustle he is worth <laughs> watching that video just to kind of get a lowdown on what this guy's like he has made birdemic 2 by the way i have seen birdemic no. 2 no, I'm just going to say it's the same film. It's exactly the same <laughs> film. But the fun of it is gone because they did it intentionally yeah. bad this time because he knew the oh, success. No. But they do the same sequences like going to the shop twice, getting petrol, <laughs> coat hangers. They do again. They do the same fucking thing again. It's so. Oh, anyway. Is it a reboot? No, it's got two new characters. The guy who plays Rod and the girl who plays uh, Natalie are in it again. Okay. But there's two, there's another couple now that join them. It's weird. It's fucking weird. Is Susan still in it? Fuck Susan. The kids? I can't remember. <laughs> Fuck Susan. I can't. She had one of the greatest lines in cinema history. <laughs> what was it? It was when she was asked what her name was and she went, Susan. <laughs> <laughs> when they were fishing, I just wanted her to get in the sea and never come back. It's because she wanted a Happy Meal, and you also want a Happy Meal, but... Uh, I had one today, so I was fine. <laughs> anyway, that is Birdemic, and uh, yeah, let's put that in the hat and... Uh, put that out of the hat and burn it, so we put never fucking watch that again. But get in, in the, the fucking sea. Right, so... I had a good time. We're going to pull out the movie for next week. God help us if it's a fucking Andy film. I do have a jingle if it is an Andy film. <laughs> Ready to go. <laughs> but here we go. The film... Out of the hat for next week is... I'm so happy I put this in recently because we all said that we really wanted to watch it. Oh! Next week, we are watching Crank. Yes! 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 Oh, man! Thank God. Oh. Oh. I'm so happy. Everyone hug, everyone. (laughs) This might be the best thing you've ever done. (laughs) I put it in like on episode two or three because I remember you saying, oh, that should be in the hat. So I added it in and I was just like, oh, it might come up one day. I'm excited because I haven't seen it. It's so So, fucking good. I might watch both of them back to back. I might do the same. Well, we're just going to discuss Crank, the first one. Uh, So Crank is about Chev. An assassin for hire who is injected with a serum that requires him to always keep his adrenaline levels high in order (laughs) to survive. It stars Jason Statham in the 2006 film Crank, and it is a 
fucking great film to talk about. So good. Do watch it, and we will discuss it next week on the podcast. In film out of the hat, Penny, what's our social? We are on Facebook and Instagram under Unusual Suspects Pod, and on Twitter at Unusual Podspect. I'm at Penny underscore Photo Pit. I'm so happy now. That's part me right off. But also, I am Dan. At Dan talks a lot. Fucked it. <laughs> I am at Joyce's Twenty One. And we will be back next week to discuss films and stuff and, and have a good old, good old happy Woo! time. So from us to you, we just like to say thank you for watching. <laughs> and I can't have this as the intro outro music. It'd be so depressing signing off on that. You know what I noticed, right? That outro to that film. They played the music and had the credits rolling. But they also recorded footage. So, like, they were still stood there for five minutes as the waves went and the credits went past. And at one point, I saw Natalie turn like, are we still fucking dead? <laughs> I had turned it off way before then. I did oh, too. Oh, no, I watched the whole credits. I watched the whole it's credits. They were there the whole time. It's not going to have a secret fucking ending on the end, is it? Ah. Oh. Turns out the birds come back and they're in the Avengers pose this time. <laughs> oh, fuck, that would have been amazing. Don't spoil oh, Birdemic 2. Jesus, right. Thank you very much for watching episode Thanks. whatever it is. We'll see you next time. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Take me now. Have a happy time. <laughs> <laughs>